Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hey, Unwritten Rule fans, you can catch us every Monday and Friday on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and YouTube. Follow us on Twitter at Believe Unwritten and enjoy the show. On today's episode of the Unwritten Rule, got a big show. We've got a lot of football stuff to dive into, some preferred walk-on commitments we're going to touch on. Uh, we're going to talk about the Senior Bowl because Mizzou's been kind of kind of dominating some of the headlines with uh, um, with Darius Robinson and uh, you know the Cody Schrader um, clip. We'll talk about that. Um, some other stuff, Chris Abrams drain, a little bit of Ennis news. Harrison Mevis had some quotes, um, so we'll talk about all of that. Uh, and then we're going to dive into a recap of the Arkansas loss. Mizzou still looking for that win in conference play. I'm sorry, everybody. I wanted to make a video. I really did. Um, but, you know, unfortunately, uh, I just I just was not the uh, participant of my own rescue. So couldn't couldn't uh, couldn't have that. But it is what it is. We're going to recap the game uh, and then we'll do quick hits to finish out the show. So good quick hits with jerseys, Shawnee's main birds um, and the best things we learned. Uh, with that quick word from our sponsor, before we start bet online, it's playoff time. It's super bowl time. Um, we got the Fortnite's and the chiefs in the super bowl and bet online is your number one source for all of the super bowl odds, stats, trends, and lines, everything from point spreads, hundreds of player performance props. Uh, we're going to wait on fantastic four picks this week. We're going to do them next week just because, you know, we have another week until the super bowl. So lines might change. Things might happen. What I will say I'm back in the running. I'm back in the running. So it's gonna it's a big Super Bowl uh week of betting. So uh if you want to bet early lines on the Super Bowl and all that stuff, head to bet online. Um we thank you to them for sponsoring the show. We'll be back next week with those fantastic four picks. I'm excited. Plenty of Super Bowl stuff to dive into. But with that, let's get the show started. The unwritten rule starts right now. Attention. Everybody stop what you're doing. It's time for The Unwritten Rule, a Mizzou sports podcast brought to you by the Believe Network, alongside Peyton Haverman and Kenny Van Doren. Here is your host, Jack Knowlton. Welcome back to The Unwritten Rule. Today is Friday, February 2nd. Happy February, first of all. Um, what a, we're in a leap year, aren't we? We get shorter days in February, I think. Um, but yeah, welcome back. We, uh, we have a bunch to dive into, have some football stuff to dive into kind of more housekeeping, uh, to start, but we also want to talk about the senior bowl. Cause there has been some fun momentum there for some of the, the 2023 guys who are in that, but first and foremost, uh, looking, you know, I guess a glimpse at the future, we had a bunch of preferred walk-ons, uh, announced. So if, you know, people saw those tweets and either ignored them or were like, who the hell are these guys? Allow me to, uh, introduce you to. Uh, linebacker Jackson Daly, tight end Adam Molitor, uh, kicker Brady. I think it's, I don't even know how you say his last name. Bame. Oh, Bame, Bame, Bame. Bame. All right. Like Brody Evan Bame. Bame. Sorry. Uh, Brody Bame. And then wide receiver Manny Linthicum. I think I got all of them. Um, these guys, my note on them, they will probably be people who either transfer in a year or two and i will not remember that they ever played for the team i don't think any of them have a chance to play the only one i found any recruiting uh stars or stuff on was molitor who said he was a two-star recruit his uh only other offer according to 24 7 sports was from northern iowa um thoughts gentlemen uh i think it's molitor molitor what did i say molitor molitor which makes it sound cooler molitor of third realm Sorry if like I butchered that. any names. Uh, Nolton, 
These are all preferred walk-ons. One of them could be the next Cody Schrader. You never know. Um, You're right. But no, in all seriousness, I mean, Mizzou has had a few of these type of camps uh, over the past few weeks, just kind of get a look at some of these guys. Some of them clearly made an impression. Uh, Kenny will touch on it more. This is kind of Eric Link's department. But, um, I mean, you never know. I mean, stack as much as you can, you know. You don't have to really guarantee a scholarship to these guys. Why not let them have a chance to maybe pop into something? Um, good for all four of these guys. It gives them a chance to at least practice at the highest level. And, I mean, we saw it with Brett Brown. I mean, even if you're like a scout team guy, that pays off if you're looking to play somewhere else down the line. So not maybe these guys don't make a big impact for Mizzou. Maybe, they, maybe one of them pops and they do, but... No use, no no harm in trying. No, there's never any harm in a preferred walk-on. And don't think too much about Cody Schrader when you see these guys. He's an anomaly. Um, he excelled at the D2 level and got an, an opportunity that a lot of people would have never gotten at Mizzou. Um, he, he turned it around. I mean, he became one of the best running backs in Mizzou history and, and in the SEC. For these guys, Eric Link seems like the guy who's trying to build depth for this program, get a lot of guys into the practices. Like Peyton mentioned with the scout team, and that's where you'll see a lot of these guys. And one thing I've always liked about coaches is how much props they give to preferred walk-ons. These guys are paying their own way. They're here getting beat up by some guys that are twice the size of them, trying to make it, trying to be on uh, the kickoffs, be on special teams in some capacity. And a lot of times it doesn't work out. A lot of times they just stick around for a long time. And some of these guys could be here for five years. Some of them could be for two. It, you never know. And it's always good just to have that depth, see what you can get out of someone and see if they are a hard worker. And they could be in that Cody Schrader category where they work themselves into a scholarship and work themselves into a contributor someday. It's an Eric Link masterclass. Yeah. You know, congrats to those guys. Hopefully, you know, yeah, if anything, the practice, it elevates the the guys who are on scholarship are going to be see, see the field. Uh, I did write a couple of notes on some of them. Um, on Brody, he had offers from Ball State, South Dakota State, uh, and also took two visits to Iowa State, did not get an offer. So he picked Mizzou beat the Cyclones for Blake Craig's backup, uh, if you want on there. And then Jackson Daly, the linebacker, I just thought this was funny. Um, we've been talking a lot of Arkansas State Mizzou pipeline. There is another Jackson Daly on Arkansas State. He's a quarterback. So um, a loose connection. Just another way to get the Red Wolves. Northern uh, Illinois, go Daddy Bowl. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Go look at a uh, go watch us on TikTok. Uh, and then Manny Lithicum, Kenny and Peyton, I think he plays baseball. He had a perfect game uh, profile on his uh, when I looked him up. So new Sam Horn, two sport athlete. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, There's a lot yeah. of Lithicums at Mizzou now. You got the Lithicum <laughs> systems on the on the women's basketball team, and now you got a got a got one on the uh, football team. They are not. Yeah, they're related, not. By the way. They're not related. We did. We did. I did look that up. I think Manny Lithicum's from uh, Kansas City in the. Uh, Lithicum Sisters from, yeah, yeah, from Carney. Carney Bulldogs. Um, shout out to Bulldogs. But yeah, preferred walk-ons. They're on the team. Um, looking at some of the guys who are not on the team anymore and looking to make it in the pros, we got to do some senior bowl talk because, you know, I know we can talk, we, we have to talk about the Cody Schrader clip, I think. But let's start with Darius Robinson because if there is a guy who has been blowing up at the senior bowl more than him, I, I would like to hear who I know my Twitter is a little bit more tailored to perhaps more Darius Robinson content, but I mean, the, the things that are getting said publicly about Darius Robinson should not only excite him and Mizzou fans, but obviously 
you know, potential um, suitors at the next level and fan bases in the NFL. There was a tweet, I think Gabe reposted it. So I don't remember who said this, but someone said, I think to the tune of if, if I revealed who he was getting some comparisons to at the senior bowl, you know, there would be a lot of round one buzz for, for Darius Robinson. Um, it was Jim Nagy that said that. Thank you. Kenny. Right. So super exciting stuff um, for D Rob at the senior bowl. And then, you know, I guess we can dive, we could segue to that into, into some of these other guys, but I mean, just great to see for him. Yeah. D Rob and Cad and Cody Schrader have all had outstanding senior bowls. Javon Foster's also had a couple nice moments, uh, but he's more of an alignment. So you're not going to always hear a ton about them, but that Jim Nagy quote. Yes. It was, if I shared the player comp, one of his American squad coaches gave me last night, it would change a lot of these first round mocks you're seeing right now. Brett Coleman, a big, uh, he, he just, he just is on YouTube breaking down film and stuff like that. He's not affiliated with anyone, but he does a lot of film breakdowns. It's good stuff. Um, he quote tweeted that tweet with, for those that are curious, here are Darius Robinson's pass rush win rates from different alignments. Uh, from 3-4-I, 13%, 5-6, and wider than that, 19.1%. So to me, he's a 6 5 290-pound five-tech that can play edge and nickel looks just for fun. That's the J.J. Watt profile. So I think it's more or less implying that that is the comp he's getting. It's exciting stuff for D-Rob. I mean, he has elevated his ceiling maybe more than anyone else. I know Vlad McConkie, the Georgia receiver, has also had a great time, uh, great uh, senior bowl. There have been others, but D-Rob has people buzzing. Also... Every time he sees an OU shell across from him, he makes it an absolute mission to embarrass that guy. The things he did to Tyler Guyton yesterday were, I mean, illegal in several states. I mean, it, it was so bad. But um, Darius Robinson is have, is, has definitely been the standout there. I'm going to do this. Put me on full screen, Jack. I want to show you something that Darius Robinson oh. did. Okay, hang on. Hang on. <laughs> He's going to. Like right there. And it was just nasty. I don't know if you guys yep. saw it in that video against the Oklahoma lineman just threw his hands up and that's exactly what I wanted to do. <laughs> and what it feels like though, and I've mentioned this before is he did the exact opposite of what kind of happened for Isaiah McGuire last year. Isaiah McGuire had a great season with the Tigers as an edge rusher, went into the senior bowl and just really didn't improve his stock as much. You know, reading the tweets from scouts and evaluators, it just he didn't really have the best best time there. And a lot of guys won't have the best time. I mean, we're just kind of in a good year right now that we have content where we're talking about these Mizzou players that are having uh, an extremely impressive showing right now. And this is a quote that Darius Robinson had for the NFL Draft Network. I'm long and physical. I have a high motor. I'm extremely violent. I'm a mixture of Chris Jones and Max Crosby. I had eight and a half sacks. I'm the best D lineman in the draft. And I found this because Ennis Rakestraw quote tweeted last night and said, now people understand what he was telling them. And I think so. I, he's definitely made, he's going to make a lot more money just from this whole week than he will at any other point in this offseason, probably just because of how much he's improved his stock. We'll see how he does at the combine. But for right now, Darius Robinson is making a lot more money with what he's with what he's done this offseason to ready himself for the senior bowl. That's such a sick quote. I also like the comp between a Chiefs and a Raiders edge rusher. I don't know how that'll go over with both those fan bases, those rival teams. But um, yeah, I mean, it's just been awesome to see him explode like he has. And I mean, 
JJ Watt, like that's, you know, that's, that's high praise. We obviously, everyone knows what he did at the pro level. So yeah, we'll, we'll keep retweeting the, the Darius Robinson propaganda. We have no issue doing that. Um, and hopefully there's a lot more to come for him. Um, you mentioned Lad McConkey to Peyton. Uh, I know in the same tweet, someone had tweet about Cody Schrader. Um, mm-hmm. it, it was, it was, um, you know, I think it, I'm reading, pulling it up. I'll read it. Matt from FF dynasty said, well, everyone's getting excited by Lad McConkey yesterday at senior bowl. And rightly so I'll keep getting excited about Missouri running back Cody Schrader with a video of him doing one of his classic, uh, outside zone runs. Uh, yeah, he's, he's gotten some buzz too. And then absolutely, you know, ended a, a man's whole career. I didn't, if you guys got the name of this guy, he went to Miami, right. Of who he, you know, yeah. he absolutely snatched his ankles. That was just a filthy highlight play for Cody Schrader. You know, someone who we mentioned the walk-ons like, and Schrader being an exception. I mean, the man's motor, I think is going to get him on an NFL team. Uh, in addition to what he can is the skills that he's gotten the, you know, the ankle breaking ability, but that clip was nasty. Yeah. A lot of the NFL just comes down to like, what are your measurements? What are your athletic skills? And rightfully so. I mean, you can mold good players out of that sometimes. But, and man, sometimes you're just a real good football, football player. And that's what Cody Schrader kind of is at this point. Uh, it just seems like from that Tennessee game on, it felt like he just kept elevating what he can do more and more and more. I mean, now he, he wasn't doing that stuff at Mizzou, just stopping on a dime and making a Miami defender blow his knee apart, it looked like. I mean, he was just out-muscling people for the most part. But, gosh, man, him, Cad in one-on-ones has just been excellent. I mean, every highlight you see of Cad is him breaking up a pass when he's lined up against someone in one-on-ones. Gosh, I wish uh, Ennis Rakestraw and Tyron Hopper were able to go in this, man. I mean, people would – I mean, Mizzou would be put on the absolute map from this. I mean – you got people comparing Darius Robinson to J.J. Watt because he can line up in a 3-4 interior or out wide. You got Cad winning one-on-one. It's just been a great week for Mizzou at the Senior Bowl. Jim Nagy's living the dream as well. Uh, he seems to like a lot of these Mizzou guys. And he replied to Ennis on Twitter with something along the lines of, you know, your guys are showing out, you know, wish you were here but you because know, the injury but your guys are here showing out and then this was like yeah they definitely are but my favorite part about posting this clip was just like the reactions from mizzou mizzou players that that still root for cody and are just so excited for what he's accomplished uh realist george said stall him out debo laughing emoji omg uh will compton who's a, a former nebraska football player and nfl veteran uh re- Posted a uh, a gif of Bill Belichick doing the binoculars and looking out for the next white talents that maybe Bill Belichick will get. Uh, another one from who did quote uh, tweet? Quote tweet us. Yeah. yeah. So I said Luther Burden. Oh my god. Uh, replied with an ninja emoji, kind of calling him the Schrader from uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Just a lot of fun uh, from a lot of the former players and current players, just seeing him excel at the next level. My favorite part, too, of all of it is that James Williams, the who converted to linebacker for the Senior Bowl, is from Miami. A lot of Miami fans were replying to, weren't very happy with yeah, just they don't like in general. Him. They don't like him. Florida State fans don't seem to like him. There was a Tennessee fan that jumped in the mentions and was like, yeah, I got to admit, Cody's a great running back, but someone needs to embarrass Mizzou already. Uh, there's just a lot of fun replies that people are kind of taking notice of Cody Schrader even more. Yeah. Yeah. It's, that, that was just awesome. I mean, 
It was a viral moment. It was, it was, it was a hard clip. I mean, he, he took that man's soul in addition to his ankles. So uh, clearly not a good, uh, not a good situation for that guy, but shout out to Schrader for doing that. Uh, you mentioned Ennis Kenny. Of course, he's got the, the injury. He underwent surgery. This Matt Miller tweeted this. Um, he's, he missed the senior bowl. He went on, he underwent surgery in December for a core muscle injury that uh, he played the majority of the season with. Um, was still able to see at least one of his guys, though, saw J.C. Carlisle at the Shrine Bowl. Um, so that was pretty cool Cool to see. Um, Harrison Mevis was also at the Shrine Bowl. I'm just a lot, like lumping all that. There was a great uh, quote he had where he basically, you know, he showed kind of the confidence you need to have as a kicker where he was like, you know, I make big kicks. That's who I am. I'm not going to be anything else. Uh, you know, thoughts on some of those guys. And, you know, it's not the Senior Bowl, but it's still, you know, another chance for them to get showcased. And, of course, Ennis as well a guy who despite undergoing that surgery, not being able to do uh, any participation at the senior bowl still also could be a day one guy. Yeah. I totally forgot. Carly's was at the uh, shrine bowl, but glad to see he got in one of those as well. Um, Nevis. I do remember being there. Uh, people were impressed by Carly's measurements. That's all, about all I saw from there. Um, but yeah. Geez. I mean, that would have been eight guys. Um, in the Shrine and Senior Bowls uh, combined. That's pretty good number there. For sure, yeah. Tyron Hopper also missing uh, right. the Reese's Senior Bowl. For for Ennis, though, he lives in DFW. Um, he always mentions it, that he's a Duncanville kid through and through. Not very far away. He went up to Frisco, watched his, his uh, fellow secondary man. And, you know, the, once the um, NBA, NFL Combine rolls around, we'll definitely get a better look at some of these guys that were facing those injuries um like um Ennis has yeah yeah and, and the fact that he still gets day one buzz from some like there's some scouts that really love Ennis and I think you know you can overlook if you can overlook the injury thing and and he can still kind of get himself drafted pretty high I think that shows you know he's got a, he's got a high ceiling so clearly you know the people want it we'll we'll give plenty of draft coverage and look at these guys we'll live in the past as much as we can with this football team with some of these, with some of these players and what they're potentially going to be able to do in the NFL, especially given that the men's basketball team is so bad, which we'll get to in a second. Um, other news, you know, I think, you know, relatively big news, obviously Corey Batoon coming in as the DC uh, Mizzou moved early pun a thousand percent intended to get their uh, new D line coach. So let's talk about that for a minute. Um, Brian early is his full name. Uh, he comes from Houston, another uh, Houston to Mizzou pipeline. I know that's been a common one. Peyton, I'll just throw it to you because I know you you went immediately on the deep dive to find any Arkansas State ties, which, you know, there seem to always be. And what's uh, your guys' take on uh, Brian Early coming in to try and create another Darius Robinson along Mizzou's defensive line? Yeah, Brian Early, honestly, this this seems like more of a surefire uh, higher than Batoon. I'm not trying to knock Batoon, but – Brian Early definitely uh, seems to be like a more proven commodity. Uh, he's been the D-line coach uh, at, or was the D-line coach at Houston for a good number of years. Uh, developed a, a slew of guys that he sent to the NFL. Um, he was going to actually stay on Willie Fritz's staff. Uh, he was brought in by Dana Holgerson. Obviously, Holgerson no longer there. Um, and Early... Uh, he was going to stay, but I mean, this is the opportunity to jump to the SEC. Just can't really pass that up. I was a little worried because it seemed like Kevin Peoples really had a good handle on the DN room. 
um, and him leaving. Always, you never know just the way that room could maybe develop under someone else. But Brian Early seems like a, a pretty good hire for this. For sure. Sack Avenue. That's something that's oh, yeah. going to be great for that, for those edge rushers, kind of a new mentality go along with uh death row, the death row defense. So much aura. This team is so yeah. much, this defense is so much aura. It's beautiful. I love, I love the football connections, but one big thing is the recruiting for me guy that's been in Arkansas for a long time. He knows the state. Well, him and Al Davis, I think will definitely have a hold on that state taking guys like Courtney Crutchfield away and away from a pledge away from Arkansas going out of state. He, he was posted yesterday uh, on Wednesday that he was in Shreveport. And I thought, you know, maybe he has a poll to, to Louisiana as well. A very hard state to recruit right now, considering what Brian Kelly is putting together with those tigers and locking down the borders better than probably any other state in the country. There is no other power five team play, uh, I'm playing, playing in the recruiting game with them. But at the same time, that's where I'm kind of looking to how can he get some more edge rushers and top edge rushers, not just from the state of Missouri, but from around the state, because he has the pull to Texas now. He has that pull to Arkansas. And that's one of the biggest things in recruiting. When you have these guys on staff, what areas do they know well? And he's been a guy who's been in Arkansas for 10 plus years as a coach. He just recently was in tech, was in Texas, part of the Houston staff for a couple of years. What can he bring to the table in that in that sense as well, especially for a, a position that kind of lacked a little bit of depth the last two years, I mean, more so at the end of 2022 and into 2023. Of course, Williams Moneri is there and you needed a guy to come in and kind of build that relationship early. Make sure Williams knows, you know, this is the place I'm going to stay at, considering his coach, Kevin Peoples, left for LSU. Right. Yeah. And I mean you know, Batoon and early now, I mean, they've got big shoes to fill with what, with what Baker and peoples did last year. So, you know, yeah, I think, I think you make a really good point about building out that depth, expanding kind of their territorial reach. Cause they've done a good job in Arkansas. I think Drinkwitz has done a, a great job for the most part in Missouri, trying to lock down those borders. So, you know, yeah, it's about, you know, maybe, maybe more varying prospects that Missouri is going to continue to be in for that'll obviously come with a lot of success on the field, which is what, uh, early will will be expected to contribute to in that growth into 2024. So exciting stuff, exciting stuff for the past, exciting stuff for the future. Um, before we do, oh, Payne, you have another thing. Sorry, on, on Mr. Early. Yeah. First thing on uh, Houston's official website, Kenny, they list every bowl game he's coached in. So if you want to maybe uh-huh. take yeah, a game. I, 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 uh, I already read through it. I already read through it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, pretty good there. Um, but, I mean, the, some of the things that are listed like for that he's done at Houston are really really uh, stellar. Um, he had he developed uh, two first uh, top two round NFL draft picks, those being Logan Hall a couple of years ago at DN that went in the second round, and Peyton Turner, who that was the name I was trying to think of it like right before I I uh, while I was talking and I couldn't find it so I looked it up. Peyton Turner. He was a first-round pick uh, back in 2021. Um, the numbers Houston has gotten out of their uh, out of their D end room uh, over the past few years has been fantastic. It's just too bad Dana Holgerson was kind of a dead coach walking um, because this guy, I mean, like you said, the Sack Avenue and stuff seems like a perfect fit for Mizzou's defense. We talked about the ties that Mizzou had 
um, to community colleges, to the JUCO level with um, Hutchinson, Hutchinson State or Hutchin, whatever it was uh, recently. Hutchinson Community College, yeah. Hutchinson yeah. Community College, excuse me. And the one thing that did stand out to me when I was reading about that stuff, about his recruiting game, is that he's very good on the JUCO level as well. There's a lot of JUCOs in the tech, in Texas, in Kansas. They're in very remote areas just because, you know, it's, it's your last chance. You know, you need to focus on football and get out of there, get to these Power 5 schools. One guy that he found was Tank Dell, and Tank Dell turned into an NFL talent who had a very good season with the Houston Texans before his injury. Who would have known? Guy who who was cast away, too small, wasn't going to play the position well. Of course, he didn't coach him, but he was the one who kind of found him, and that was what I read about. And I think that's a very big plus for a team that's kind of built some depth on JUCO guys in the past. Well, and you add in the fact that, like, I feel like you guys have both said the way Drinkwitz recruits, like he's involved with a lot. It's not necessarily the position coach that's recruiting that exact. Like they let their coaches recruit who they want in the areas that they know, which is a smart thing. So, you know, that, yeah, that adds to it, too. I, um, I think that's a good point. You make it sound like Juco. It's like it's a small town. And then if they, like, don't make it back, they're just stuck there forever. It's like a. It's like a <laughs> gulag or I, something <laughs> i forgot who i was listening to is on another podcast they were talking about the the impact of juco football and that's where i got more of the information about is a lot of them are in remote areas for these football mm-hmm. programs these big powerhouse ones east mississippi states and scuba mississippi there's nothing in scuba mississippi they just want them to focus on can't it even scuba so and get out of there yeah can't even scuba in the middle of the state yeah um well yeah so that's i think that's a good point you make with the pipeline um plenty of stuff with uh with early we'll see we'll see how it goes i'm i'm excited now with him and batoon in the fold we can now look forward to maybe spring transfers who else they're going to add how they're going to keep this defense uh as elite as it was under baker and hopefully mizzou uh where it where it wants to be after last season um one final thing before we segue to basketball this is just kind of funny uh we didn't touch on this after the chiefs beat uh the bills in the divisional and now the chiefs of course are going to the super bowl with of course their uh, stud linebacker and former Missouri Tiger, Nick Bolton. This was just a funny clip. This was on uh, like the CWs, like inside the NFL thing that they do. Uh, Nick Bolton was like mic'd up and he called the DeMar Hamlin fake that the Bills tried to run in the Bills Chiefs game. I think we just had to touch on that because Nick Bolton is great. And, uh, you know, was he was he inside the mind? I think Barstool Mizzou had the tweet. They said puts on tinfoil hat. Did Nick Bolton divert from the script? of you know maybe wanting the bills to succeed in that punt return i don't know hey can i get a big old m-i-z <laughs> c-o-u sorry kenny didn't do it that's all you had i, I have nothing else to add to that it was a very cool moment it's um, funny he's a very smart linebacker he's a good linebacker he knew exactly what everyone in the nfl was wanting was the comeback player of the year to get the first down and put the bills in better position and end up not working. And it was a pretty dumb decision. That was a bold, yeah, that was a bold call. He I thought Peyton comeback player of the year. Please stop saying someone else should win it. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's a good, that's a good uh, PSA. I thought you were going to, sorry, Peyton. I thought you were going to add something after you said the big old MIZ thing. That was a funny moment uh, for Nick Bolton. Hopefully he can do it again in the Super Bowl. I'm rooting for the chiefs. Um, but yeah, shout out MVP last year. Oh, he oh, he was for a for, for a half. No one no one forget it. Scoop and score in the Super Bowl. I have never yelled louder. It was that was electric. Um, all right, let's segue. Something not as uh, electric. Let's talk Mizzou men's basketball. Tigers <laughs> lost again, um, and in with an opportunity to win 
you know, a big game with the the stadium pretty full. I do want to credit at least seeing on the TV the people who are in Mizzou Arena, as Dennis did in the press conference, and we'll get to some of his comments. That arena looked pretty darn full, both of students and of just like regular community members, you know, kind of there uh, watching that rivalry game. And then Mizzou laid an egg, lost 90, 91 to 84 to Arkansas. Um, Peyton, did this game break you? Yes. Uh, that game really, the wagon fell off, like fell apart completely. Hope they enjoyed that crowd because they are not getting another one like that this season. This is a dead, this team is done, man. I mean, at least you could hang your hat on the fact that they were like staying in games. They totally quit late in the first half. I mean, they got it down to nine, and then I just they they missed that alley oop to Marta to uh, Aiden Shaw. It was really like that. The wagon fell apart from there. It really did. Arkansas. I mean that that sequence. The last four minutes in the in the first half were the the, the team quit. They they were done. They they absolutely had no interest in playing that game. It was just total nonsense on the court on both ends. They absolutely had no interest in winning that game. Um, I don't give a damn about how close they made it late in the second half, quite frankly. It was never a game that felt like Mizzou was going to win. I mean, the interior defense, I mean, what Arkansas was doing to Jordan Butler and Connor Vanover down low was absolutely disgusting. It was so bad that it genuinely, Mavor Mayak, it was good he was playing because he was the only one that was really able to give you any sort of presence down there. I, it was so bad. Arkansas shot four, six total three-pointers, made four of them, and scored 91 points. That's absolutely insane to me. Twelve of their 91 points were on three-pointers. Mizzou actually shot the ball well from deep, and they weren't even close. This team is bad, man. Like, it's just, it's, I don't, there's nothing else to really say. I don't even want to single out any players because the whole team kind of just wasn't good. That if your name wasn't Samar Bates. Turnovers were a real thorn. Uh, Arkansas scored so many points in transition and off those turnovers. Every time you kind of looked up at the screen, there was a dunk with no one around you. And that was just kind of what the game felt like for the Razorbacks. And you talk about Mizzou never really feeling in it, even at the end, when they kind of um, cut it down to seven points. And I didn't even realize this until now, looking back at the box score, the Tigers outscored the Razorbacks 56 of 54 in the second half. And I would have never really guessed that just based on the overall play uh, between these two teams. Of course, Arkansas, not even at full strength. Um, Trevor Brazil wasn't playing. Overall, it's just we're a broken record at this point. They find... Um, it felt like um, they found out new ways. There, there was the same kind of losses every single game. But in the first half, um, it was more of a blowout. It felt like it was like, okay, this game is going to be a different type of loss. And Mizzou kind of gets back into it at the end and just one of those regular losses for the Tigers. I wanted to look back on probably the, the last worst season for the for Mizzou, though. Um, back in 2021, 2022, Konzo's last season at the helm. They went 5-13 and 13 in conference that year. Right now, Mizzou is at 0-8. This team is worse than that team. This team is worse than that team. No doubt in my mind they are worse than that team. I agree with that take. Um, Yeah, Kenny, to like qualify your point, it's like this is the same old thing we see every week in that they find different ways to lose. (laughs) Just just a different way to find – to let some different team play to their strengths in a different way. I mean, I – 
I was, uh, I, I kind of missed, I was, I was tuned out a little bit for the first, I was doing other things. And then I looked uh, like midway through the second half and the graphic popped up uh, and it said Arkansas had 56 points in the paint. I was on the phone with somebody and almost yelled uh, like an obscenity just out of nowhere on the phone. That would have very much like thrown the person off. I like, I don't, I can't believe that. that that was, I mean, I don't know if I've ever seen a team score more points in the paint, at least against Mizzou. I know that's never been, that wasn't Dennis's thing last year. Um, there are some pretty damning stats. I mean, this team's like their actual dis- disturbance rate at the rim is actually pretty high. Um, they haven't been bad at that. And yet somehow they just uh, play such soft defense, letting teams get into the paint. Like, I, I don't even I don't even know how much I Uber want to get into the nitty gritty. Um, Arkansas shot 52.7 on two point attempts. Um, Gates, I, I think this is a good talking point because as much as, you know, it's still the same old, same old, and, and I don't want to call it, you know, a new Dennis Gates or whatever, you know, like extreme spin you want to put on it. I thought his quotes at the end of the game were interesting where it felt like, you know, finally he sort of, publicly kind of called out his players saying, listen, like, you know, you're no one's going to feel sorry for you. You're privileged to play at this level. And, you know, and said, you know, I think I teased it earlier that we have to be participants in our own rescue. I find it really hard to believe that this team plays so consistently well and Dennis sees so consistently what he wants to see in practice. And then like a team with this much experience tightens up when a game starts. I just don't know where that, disconnect happens like i know sean easton nick honor are in roles and noah carter are in roles too big for what their capabilities are i get that but like they're experienced players they should be falling apart like this in in these kinds of games well here's where the disconnect is they're playing the missouri tigers in practice and they're not playing other teams in practice they look great because they play a garbage defense in practice all the time they're playing second team like it's not that's why they look good in practice. They're pay- they're playing a really bad team in practice. I don't really like. There's nothing Dennis Gates can say that's going to make anyone feel better about mm-hmm. this year. It's a it, it's a total wash. Like there needs to be complete turnover on this roster, and he knows that. He knows he can't go into the portal with the same mindset he did last year. He has to actually really be aggressive and do what it takes to get some of these guys. You can't be pivoting to second options very often this this uh, winter or this summer, rather, like he was last uh, last time. Um, there's it's just a lost season at this point. There's nothing they can do that'll make it better. I don't care if Caleb Grill comes back or not. At this point, your goal is to not go winless. Is to not go winless in conference play. Like really, that's all it is. And they'll have another great opportunity at that. But this was. According to Ken Palm and Torvik, this was the game they were going to be favored by the most, and it was their by far their worst loss in conference play. Jesus Carolero out with a foot contusion. If he's in this game, do you think there's any any difference? No, none of them. Him, no. Anthony Robinson, or I guess Anthony Robinson played. Him, Trent Pierce, Caleb Grill. I am so sick of this. This team would be way better with Caleb Grill in the fold. I'm not trying to take anything away from Caleb Grill. Uh, this team is is really bad, and I don't think they would have they would have improved with with him. Playing. There's I one. Hope... I, yeah, I think what, there's yeah. one team they would have won. I think they would have won South Carolina if Caleb Grill played. Okay. I think the first one. Other than that, I don't really see a lot of games where I look at and go, Caleb Grill flips that. 
one conference game instead of zero. All right, sure. Yeah. Like, yeah, it, it's yeah. Peyton, you're right. It is to be complete turnover. And I'm not trying to, you know, say that you know what Dennis Gates said in those post game comments is is going to make anything better. Like you said, it doesn't. It doesn't excuse anything. I think it was interesting. I just think some of his you know wording was interesting. Is like you know the the challenge is there. And you're right, man. I don't know. Maybe they just need to start having secret scrimmages in the middle of the season. I don't know. I mean, <laughs> it's it's yeah they're not they're clearly not there's something that just is not clicking when that team steps onto the floor for a game and you know it's just it's a it's just not good enough um i really don't know where you uh where you go from here other than the fact that you keep looking at the recruiting i mean peyton i think you tweeted the five members of the recruiting class just like on repeat in a tweet uh the other day but about all there is to look forward to right now i mean there's I don't look forward to these games, which sucks because I really, really want to. But there are more chores to watch than anything else at this point because they're so bad. Um, yeah, man. I mean, a lot of people need to be just. I mean, there's got to be a lot of transfers uh, after this year. That's basically what we can say at this point. Yeah, um, we'll see. I mean, Kenny, do you have anything final from the, the Arkansas game or takeaways? <laughs> Nothing. All right, we'll just move on. Uh, I mean, speaking of games, you know, if you want to find any win in conference play, once again, to sound like a broken record, you have another opportunity to do it. Um, they play Vanderbilt on the road. Vanderbilt is 5-15, and 0-7 oh in conference play. They have not won uh, a game in conference this season. I'll just say what we'll continue the discussions we've been having privately off the air. I don't think Mizzou wins this game. ESPN's matchup predictor gives them a 62% chance to do that. I don't think they do it. I don't think they go on the road and, and, and beat Vanderbilt. I have been given nothing. I don't really care what Vanderbilt has. What did I say? I meant 60.2, not 62. Um, I've gotten so fired up. I can't even read the numbers. Right. Um, I, I don't think they win this game. I don't, I Vanderbilt is bad. Missouri is worse. I don't think they're going to win either. Um, when they go to play that game down in Nashville, they'll be on the road. Uh, Vanderbilt's going to have the best player on the floor. Yes, Tyron Lawrence is better than Tamar Bates. So um, says Roman John, by the way. Uh, their goal, I don't I don't think Mizzou's going to win this game either. I really don't. I think, I think that Arkansas game really is kind of where it all – I think that was it. I think them, like, totally coming out like that – in a game, in a rivalry game, no less, that was very winnable against a Arkansas team that has been in complete disarray, by the way. Debo Davis just left the team. Trevin Brazil is not playing. They had Jeremiah Davenport playing the four to close this game out. Jeremiah Davenport ain't a four. Um, they they, and they let a guy... They let a guy, by the way, who averages uh, five points and three rebounds a game have a double-double with like 18 and 10. And, yeah, uh, Makai Mitchell, you know, Mekhi, Mekhi who Mitchell. has been horrible this year, absolutely. He looked like Dwight Howard uh, against Mizzou. The, Missouri is not going to beat Vanderbilt. I really would be surprised if they did. For, uh, for those that don't know, Vandy is not a high-scoring team either. Uh, kind of looking at their last five games, they're averaging 66.3 points per game this season. Got blown out by Auburn, 81 to 54. Lost to Tennessee by 13. Lost to Mississippi State by 13. Uh, lost to Auburn by 15, and then lost to Ole Miss by 13. A lot of double-digit losses for and just a team that's just not scoring whatsoever. Uh, they are a little bit better at rebounding than the Tigers, but 
who hasn't been this season. The Tigers don't really have that force in the paint this year. Yeah, uh, good good qualifiers, Kenny. Um, I have watched one full game of Vanderbilt this year. It was the best game they played in in the SEC um, when they took Alabama, who are in first place right now, to the wire. They lost that game by like three. Um, what I watched in that game was Ezra Manjohn, Vanderbilt's point guard, essentially take Alabama's best guard out of the game uh, until he got hurt. That's essentially when when Bama was able to climb back in it. Otherwise, Vanderbilt was having their way with them on their home floor. I know it's been the struggle bus for the Commodore since, and that was a while ago, but I kind of expect the same thing to happen with Sean East, where Manjohn and Lawrence just kind of make his life hell and, and Tamar Bates' life hell, and they just can't really get the scoring going. And, and the Commodores just kind of, you know, whether it's sucking the life out of the game by only scoring 57 points and winning, I think they can do it that way. If the zoo wants to get in the shootout, Vanderbilt has guys that can score the basketball. Um, yeah, I think it, I, I don't see it. I don't see it being anything but a but a loss for Missouri. And does this team win a game in conference play? If they don't beat Vanderbilt, I don't really see how they can. So. I will say they probably would just because going 0-18 over stretch is absolutely insane. There are still, like, not great teams in the conference that Missouri can beat. I don't think it'll come against Vanderbilt, though. I think Vanderbilt's going to win. Um, I don't know, man. I cannot believe we're having these discussions. Like, I never, ever, ever saw them being close to this bad this year. I thought this team being what were they six was it sixth or ninth? I think it was ninth in the media ninth. poll no. in the preseason. I thought that was disrespectful preseason. Yeah, I did, I don't know. I don't remember what I really thought of that. Um, I, I I like everybody figured this was going to be a worse year because you don't lose. You lost two guys to the NBA. Um, you lost DeAndre Golston who. Yes, had moments where he was very, very ineffective, but he really, at times last season, when Mizzou was in a rut, he would be the guy that brought them out of it. Um, you don't lose guys like that and get better most of the time. But boy, oh boy, I did not think it would be this ugly. Uh, just right, just like that. Especially in a, a down year in the SEC. I think we can't say that enough yep. about there's a lot of these programs aren't filling up the top 25. You can go look at that. I, I believe Alabama's in that 20 to 25 range right now. Not a lot of teams are, are standing out in the SEC. I don't uh, – the SEC, that's a whole different discussion too. I like – because there was the, – the other night I think they said it during the Mizzou game because Florida beat Kentucky. It was an upset. And, like, there's there's people that have nine SEC programs in their March Madness field right now. That's a whole different discussion. But Mizzou's not one of them. That's the overarching point. Not even close, obviously. We'll see. We're not predicting a good thing for Vanderbilt, but you can watch that game on SEC Network. It's at 2.30 on Saturday on the road. We'll see what the Tigers can muster. I will make a video if they win. I don't care. We're, I'm that sh- I'm that shameless. I'll do it. Um, and it will feature the, the construction site football stadium in some way. I can promise you that. Um, with that <laughs> bleak note, top five recruiting class in 2024. Just remember that. Everyone just keep repeating that to themselves. Uh, Maybe like it's a prayer or something. I don't know. With that, we'll move on. We will close out the show with quick hits. Okay. Quick hits time. We'll segue. Kenny, we just talked about the bad of Mizzou men's basketball this season. Your jersey of the week features some good from the Mizzou men's basketball team of last year. 
Yeah, Des Moines Hodge on Tuesday scored 19 points at five rebounds and four assists, which was a career high for the Rip City Remix in the G League, taking on Utah's G League affiliate. Nothing more to add. Um, it was kind of a slower week with Mizzou at the Nash or at the pro level. Thought we could give Des Moines Hodge some light. I'll shout out Jeremiah. I miss you, Devoid, too. I'll shout out Jeremiah Tillman, too. He had a two double doubles last week um, for the Greensboro Swarm, the Hornets G League affiliate. So I really miss you, Jeremiah Tillman. <laughs> oh my God. I really miss Jeremiah Tillman. What, what I wouldn't give. What I wouldn't give. Yeah. Peyton. Um, my, my jersey of the week uh, is going to be Brad Bohannon, the disgraced. Crimson Tide baseball coach who, if you uh, rem- if you listen to us during the KCOU days, we did talk about this guy back then. Um, he is the former Alabama baseball coach who was fired for having a wager placed on his own game. Uh, this tweet comes from Reddit CFB. Former Alabama baseball coach Brad Bohannon gets a 15-year show cause for gambling violations. Uh, and it tweeted a quote from the uh, from the lawsuit or just from the filing. Um, and boy, oh boy, the guy Brad Bohannon had placed this wager might be the dumbest person on planet earth. So Bohannon gives him up, tells him to play, or the better's going to place a $100,000 bet on LSU after Bohannon Which texts him. Is already like a big red flag. Sucks. That's so much. Money. Yeah. They wouldn't take it. They only, they were right. like, okay, we're not doing that 15 K. And I remember a detail from way back when this story broke, like they never get bets on college baseball let alone a hundred thousand dollar rate wagers on a random lsu alabama regular season game so this happened after bohannon text uh text his his guy hammer the pitcher is not playing please like go go bet on lsu essentially uh and this guy is so stupid that they won't take his full one hundred thousand dollar wager because like the staff was just suspicious of him and the guy responds that the bet was quote for sure going to win and quote if only you guys knew what i knew and they showed he showed him the messages from bohannon and he said they were from bohannon like oh man i can't like he, he told them that bohannon was informing him that Alabama was scratching its starting pitcher. Like that, how stupid is that? <laughs> like he outed his source just like that. Um, this is like something from like a SNL sketch or something. I, I don't know, man. This is literally the dumbest. That guy has to be the dumbest person on planet Earth. Yeah. This feels like if I committed a crime like how like how poorly i would execute it like if i was trying to to illegally mm-hmm. gamble i mean insane stuff just insane stuff i don't know it kind of plays into not everyone's very smart in the alabama world but then you get to ohio <laughs> and i thought much smarter i guess they're, they're <laughs> alabama like that. and ohio the connection no one asked for <laughs> wasn't 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 iowa really bad too didn't iowa and iowa state do iowa a bunch state. Of like betting? Iowa State had to like get rid of a bunch of football players, including their starting quarterback, because they just bet. I remember one guy placed like an insane amount of bets. I'd have to go look it up, but it was not good. 
Yeah, it's, it does you no good to use an encrypted messaging service when the person you're sending the messages to is just going to show them to who show his phone to whoever he darn well pleases. And um, loudly whoops. say the Alabama head coach Brad Bohannon told me he's scratching his starting picture. Yeah, poor. Um, yeah, I'll I'll segue. I've my jersey of the week. I'm going back to uh to Mizzou stuff. But yeah, Brad Bohannon, that that is just crazy. Um, my jersey of the week, I'm giving it to Marquise Johnson, um, because he, PFF tweeted this. He was the freshman leader in yards per reception last season, 29 and a half yards per catch. Of course, many of those were just like, the numbers are kind of skewed because he was just kind of catching 70 yard bombs. And that was pretty much his only job last year. But I always love some Marquise Johnson propaganda. Peyton and Kenny know this full well, that guy's going to be a stud for Mizzou. I love Marquise Johnson. I'm glad he's getting some uh, some hype on Twitter ahead of next season. Hopefully, he has a long and fruitful Mizzou career because then I'll look dumb if he doesn't. So, God, dude, the aura in that photo, everything, the Cotton Bowl cat patch, the all black uniform, so much yeah. aura in one photo. He the is player, obviously. He is he is sick. Never say your nasty whiteouts in front of Marquise Johnson because <laughs> nasty whiteouts is Mizzou and not Ole Miss. Go to Twitter if you want to find out a little bit more about that. A Ole Miss wide receiver tweeted NWO with maybe like a thinking emoji and Mizzou wide receivers were not very happy. Of course, Jacob Peeler was at Ole Miss. No one at Ole Miss was there when Jacob Peeler was there. That has been you know transitioned to Mizzou. D- DK Metcalf. AJ Brown. Doesn't have an OC. This, this man doesn't have an OC job. How in the world do we still have Jacob Peeler? <laughs> oh, it's another thing of lobby. Everyone call Marquise Johnson Hollywood. I'm trying to make that a nickname. I'm trying very Everyone's hard. I'm trying to I force want. a nickname. I'm trying to force a nickname onto Marquise Johnson. He makes Hollywood plays. All right. Uh, Sean East, what's the next thing? Well, I like no cap, and he's the main bird. Over the week, Kenny. Uh, my Sean East main bird of the week goes to four. Uh, Missouri edge rusher for Arkansas edge rusher who just bulldozed the left tackle that he faced in the East-West Shrine Bowl in practice on Wednesday. Absolutely destroyed this guy. Put him on his back and just almost pretty much teabagged him on accident because he, he fell over him because he was on the ground. Um, connection to Bird. Uh, he was a yellow jacket in high school. One of those uh, <laughs> that flies. Uh, but Makai Wingo, also former Mizzou lineman, oh, uh, said chill, uh, who moved on to LSU and also is looking at the NFL draft now. Just a combo uh, of like, yeah. yeah, just a combo of former Mizzou defensive players, I guess. Good sure, for the sure, two Kenny. of them. Great. Um, no, my hey. main bird of the week, uh, it's going to be Jeff Halfley of great state of Massachusetts fame. Um, drink which made you little man uh jeff Halfley, the of course the connection to the bird he's the boston college eagles head coach he jumped ship for a defensive coordinator job with the green bay packers um he gave his reasoning to pete Thamel, uh or i guess he didn't but somebody said his words pete Thamel said quote he wants to go coach college foot he wants to go coach football again in a league that is all about football uh, college coaching has become fundraising, NIL, and recruiting your own team and transfers. There's no time to coach football anymore. Pretty weak. Uh, That's such excuse. a funny quote. Yeah. I, I want to go coach football by coaching football. Yeah. Oh, boy. 
Jesus. Um, but I mean, look, Boston College is on the schedule next year. Uh, I believe so. I believe Harrison Batnick tweeted, um, who works with K- KOMU uh, at KCOU as well. Um, Mizzou is facing six different first-year head coaches next year, and this is another one of them. Uh, so, good lord, man, if Mizzou's ever going to win a national title, I think it might have to be next year. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, six new head coaches. I One of them is at Alabama, who for some was already the only game Mizzou had losing. That's exciting stuff. Yeah, that, I just think that quote's so funny. I want to go coach football at a place that coaches football. I want to do the football at the football. Um, my, my main bird of the week, uh, I'm, I'm once again dipping it back into Kansas. I feel like I've had them as the main or dirty bird the last like three weeks. Uh, this comes from Brett McMurphy on Twitter. Kansas's 2024 home games will be played off campus due to construction of David Booth, Kansas Memorial Stadium. Kansas will play Lindenwood and UNLV at Children's Mercy Park, home to sport in Kansas City. Great stadium, by the way. I've been there. I like Children's Mercy Park. Uh, KU's Big 12 home games versus TCU, Houston, Iowa State, and Colorado will be played at Arrowhead Stadium. Uh, Adam Busack, shout out Adam Busack, a good guy at KCOU as well, summarized this perfectly. Kansas will be playing their conference home games in Missouri in 2024. Uh, I just think this is funny. They got to travel across state lines. Kansas football games already not very well attended. That's not even like a Mizzou take that like Lance Leipold, their coach has been very open about how he wants more fans at games. Now they got to make the drive to go arrow to go to Arrowhead. It's going to be already a more empty stadium because it's bigger and it's in Missouri. I think this is hilarious, and I hope Kansas loses every single game they play in Missouri. It's going to look like you know when like high school football championships are played in NFL stadiums. That's yes, what Kansas football games are going to look like at Arrowhead. Yes. Thanks for the state revenue, though. Um, hopefully, it goes right to right into the athletic department budget of missouri yeah i hope that leads to them getting another part like park hill five star are they going to sell out the top bowl at arrowhead no. or is it just going to be the first two no that's where they're going to put uh that's where they're going to put like the rest of the sanders family when dion comes like the chiefs did with jordan love they're going to have him sat all the way up there like the only people in that top bowl that's what'll happen uh payton what's the best thing you learned this week Best thing I learned this week, one of our very first bits on this show back in the early KCOU days when we thought COVID was going to get us fucking thrown off the air at any day. Um, Can Quinn, ladies and gentlemen, he's back after getting absolutely lambasted in his last game uh, with the Dallas Cowboys. He was announced as the head coach of the Washington Commanders. yeah, Can Quinn's back. That's basically it. I mean, if just... you if you are a listener and you remember the Can Quinn days, I will send you five dollars. No joke. Um, I'll 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 match that. I'll Venmo you five bucks if you can provide proof you listened to us back then. I'll make sure they match it. I'm not gonna match it, but I'll make sure they match it. <laughs> Cheapskate, Kenny. Yeah, Can Quinn was a good bit. We had Can Campbell too, which we Can did Campbell, for Dan yeah. Campbell for a little bit. That one did not age nearly as well. Maybe making a resurgence though. There you go. Yeah. Kenny, what'd you learn? Um, best thing I learned this week was a quote. I, I, I mentioned this earlier. I love the connections in college football, and this is a connection that ties in through the LSU beat that I'm currently on um, to one that I was on not too long ago, two years ago with Mizzou football. Of course, Daniel Blood, the receiver, freshman receiver, had his lone catch against LSU. That was very big for him, being a Destrohan, uh, Louisiana kid. 
catch it against your home state power five. That was probably a great feeling for him. But I talked to another test room wide receiver this past week, class of 2025, three-star Philip Wright. And I asked him at the end, and I always like to do this when I talk to test room kids, do you know Daniel Blood? Because he was kind of a, I didn't really talk to him for for very long, but he was a very nice kid. And I, I always like to ask, you know, did you play with him? And he said, of course, he's nice. That's the uh, the coldest dude. One of the best wide receivers I've played with. He taught me a lot, inspired me a lot. He taught me new things. Just be me and be that dog. And that was Aww. my favorite part was when he said, be that dog. Because he could not call, he could not stop saying dog. And that was yeah. like, he wanted people yeah. to be dogs. Um, you can hear my I dog hear some in the dogs background. behind you. <laughs> my dog in the background is trying to get out. So I'm going to move him while you guys talk. Okay. Should I solo, yeah, no. Should I solo him? Pin? Should I solo screen <laughs> yeah. him? Just move yes. his dog out? I just I know Kenny was probably oh, grinning ear to ear um, when when it, when that happened because like Kenny's been a Daniel Blood truther since day one. If, to be if like, Daniel Blood truth. like breaks in, Kenny is gonna have so many receipts to cash. I remember when is... when Daniel Blood had that catch against LSU. Kenny was like, "Oh my god, yeah, but Daniel, Daniel Blood against Daniel, LSU. Daniel, Daniel yeah. LSU. No one else. No one else yeah, felt the no way else I even did. Knew. Yeah, you you are huge. We. Take nothing away. If you learn nothing about Kenny, he is a big Daniel Blood guy. I love the the shamelessness asking LSU recruits. How do you think about this Mizzou player you played in high school with? That's good beat. That's good job. Good job, Kenny. It's good reporting. Um, there was a recently Kalaj Cobbins, who's a rivals 250. So one of the best players in the nation, linebacker from Destrian, wasn't even on the same side of the ball as Daniel Blood. And I asked him about it. Daniel Blood is a year older. And he was like, I love Daniel Blood. And everyone seems to love him. Everyone loves Daniel Blood. Kenny's going to um, be so sad in like three years when he just knows that nobody's going to say yes to that question anymore. So he can't. They're just going to be like, I watched him when I was in middle school from the stands. That's yeah. what it's really going to feel like. Uh, <laughs> what, last thing, everyone should know what Destrin is because it produced Justin Jefferson, who was a two star. Yeah. He was rated a two star by rivals that's, that's coming crazy. out of high school. And he became one of the best college wide receivers of all time. And now he's in the NFL, one of the best right at the moment. It's not a good look for our network, Kenny. Only give him a two star. <laughs> I'll tell you. I'll tell you off air. There might be another reason why they just didn't rate him very high. <laughs> oh, all right. Uh, some tea. I love Justin Jefferson. Justin Jefferson. Take that, viewers. You're we we ha- we know some tea that you'll never know. Yeah, yeah. Tea. Um, my best thing I learned. Oh boy. Uh, Kenny and Peyton. How do you look in orange? That's the insult of the day or the insult of the week that was taking over college basketball. Courtesy of Jeff Goodman of the Field of 68. If you don't know what I'm talking about, allow me to explain. The other week on the show, I broke down the whole like Providence, Ed Cooley, Georgetown thing, how he went back uh, to Providence for the first time since leaving them to go coach Georgetown. And everyone hates Ed Cooley in Providence. If you don't know that, now you do. Um, there's been more that's come out about this. There was a Twitter account um, who the guy ended up being a DePaul fan. This guy started a YouTube channel called Big East Films. Big East Films, not affiliated with the Big East. Very obviously not affiliated with the Big East, I might add. They made kind of a, a self, you know, amateur level documentary. It's it's nothing crazy about Ed Cooley departing Providence to go take the job at Georgetown. Jeff Goodman, a college basketball analyst who works for the field of 68, did not take too kindly to the documentary DMing uh, the Blue Demon Degenerate, as he's named, um, basically saying you're going to get sued, asked him how he would look in orange, implying that he's going to go to jail. The Blue Demon Degenerate made all of these DMs public. Essentially, everyone was just dunking on Jeff Goodman and still pretty much has been. It's all a ridiculous situation. I was just in the weeds with it. I love this kind of stuff. I love college basketball and just the, like this craziness. But 
good for everyone to just kind of dunk on Jeff Goodman. Whatever thoughts you had on the documentary, it was not a good thing to say to somebody. Jeff Goodman issued an apology where he basically tried to justify what he was saying uh, in the DMs, which also isn't a good look. Just, just a wild situation. I'll say this for that Jeff Goodman apology. I, I kind of respect him not outright saying I'm sorry because nobody would have believed him. Like he definitely, right. everybody would have known he didn't mean it. So I was kind of like, okay, have fair play for just not issuing some fake apology. Um, but no, I mean, you just know Jeff Goodman, like had like when he did the, how do you think, how would you look in orange? He just like dropped his phone on the table, like walked away, like I'm the man. And yep. Rob Doster, his goofy sidekick on that podcast replied to the guy, you should be worrying about getting an attorney. He probably dropped his phone on the table. And Which went, is a I'm threat, the by the way. Yeah. Like, it is just a really... Yeah. You know, it, I don't like when media members get, like, act like goofball fans like that. Yeah. It's just, it, was a, it was just a strange situation. But the whole thing, I just loved the drama. I was living for all of it. I loved the Cooley coming back drama, and I loved the follow-up to it. It was just all, it was just all hilarious, but... Yeah, the internet... if you're confused why Jeff Goodman would do this, he's very good friends with Ed Cooley. Yeah, that's kind of the reasoning people are deducing is yeah, he likes him. Um, just another reason not to really care for Rob Doster, who's <laughs> his um, sidekick. And he's he, Doster. Yeah, I don't. I, the one thing I oh, never yeah. liked is that he's wearing a UConn jersey underneath a suit at the Final Four mm-hmm. when UConn won the national championship. That's the first thing I don't like. And then comparing John Tanjay to who was it? Isaiah Mosley. Um, Isaiah Mosley. Oh, yes. At the of the season. Very two different scenarios. And it was like he didn't do research on why Isaiah Mosley had trouble about getting on the court. He had a lot of things going on personally off the court. Mm-hmm. And he just comparing the two really ticked me off earlier in the season because he acts like he knows all this stuff, but didn't do his own research. Yeah, he had a bit where he dove into Missouri and was like, uh, he was like, this team returned like so much talent from last year. There's no way they should be this bad. And I was like, what? Half of that is true. Well, yeah, half of it is true, but the reasoning is like he just they did not return a lot of talent from last year. They returned like three guys that played. Yeah, it's absurd. So I don't know. I like some of the field of 68 stuff, but it was a bad look. Anyway, um, yeah, if you didn't want to like Rob Doster, there you go. Um, with that, we'll end the show. Um, Peyton. I got one last thing. Uh, we Ooh. just someone quote tweeted a video we posted of, of D Rob beating an Oklahoma tackle in mm-hmm. a one v one. They quote tweeted with Sports Map Radio six ten or Sports Radio six ten, which is a radio station here in Houston. It's the Texans affiliate, and then at Houston Texans as well. I liked it immediately and replied with the JJ Watch. If I just wanted everyone nice. to know that because he's going to nice. be a Texan. See you later, Jonathan Grenard. Kenny's <laughs> already Kenny's already locked in. Whoa uh nice all right well on the show this one comes from our uh favorite tv series the today show i felt bad that i stole kenny's thunder last time but i'm i'm gonna do it this time uh kenny is oh Oh, there there it is the The nbc NBC logo go to the youtube subscribe to the youtube subscribe to the youtube the, the channel that hosts um our favorite tv series guys what why shouldn't you trust trees they're unbelievable. That's our ball. Jesus. 
two banger ants didn't know. Oh, that, how do you say tree in Spanish? It's because it's they seem they seem shady. Get it? Oh, yeah. I don't like mine better. I didn't. All right, end the show. All right, good show. Um, thanks everyone for listening. We will see y'all on Monday. We'll recap the Mandy game. Maybe Mizzou proves us wrong. Probably not. Uh, but you know, maybe we get some more D Rob propaganda for the Twitter timeline that we can talk about too. Uh, thanks to everyone that watches, listens. Please subscribe, leave us a review on on Spotify or Apple Podcasts if you're listening there. Uh, thanks to Bet Online for sponsoring the show. We'll see you guys on Monday.